doing? I'm alright, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm alright. We've been talking about this for a wee while, haven't we? We have, aye. We're sitting eating chocolate, by the way. <coughs> <coughs> I am. We've been talking about recording a podcast and just talking about real life and yeah. what we... Who's we, though? Who are you? <laughs> who are you? I am Kaylee Ann. And who is Kaylee Ann? <laughs> I am a mother, a woman. Definitely. I am. There's no denying that. <laughs> and I'm Scottish. Never. West coast of Scotland. I've grown up in Ayrshire. Who are you? I'm Marianne. It rhymes with Kellyanne. <laughs> Strangely enough. Um, I'm Scottish too. Strangely enough. I'm another Scottish ma. <laughs> <laughs> We're Scottish ma's. Aye. But you're East Coast. I wouldn't have known that. Thanks for educating me. You I, wouldn't have I would, known that. I've just never thought about it. See, when people say to me, Marianne, you feel the East Coast, I'm like, don't know. Planet Earth, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... I, just never really thought about it. A lot of it. people think about it uh, geographically though, don't they? They're like, oh, which part of Scotland are you in though? Yeah, I always just say Edinburgh or Edinburgh. I say Edinburgh just for the fun of it. Yeah. Because it is fun of it. Well, people say that. Are you an Edinburgh? But so I'm 37, not quite as old as the other Scottish mum. Also mom. a mother. Also a mother. Already said that, I just said that was a Scottish mum. Um, so. You've been a mother longer. You've got two kids. I've got three kids. Aye. You're I've been a mother for 15 years. But you've been a mother for... Almost 14. Yeah. I have. Um, what Your else is there about me? turned 15 and my eldest is about to be 14 in June. Yeah. How old is your youngest? Seven. Nearly eight or... He's not eight no. until December. Right. It's just not long. Seven, well, cool. half. Yeah. No, not even half. And you've always lived in Ayrshire? No, I lived in Derby for seven months. Oh, okay. So you were born and bred in Ayrshire, but moved yeah. to Derby. Yeah, seven, eight months-ish I lived down there. Nice. For a job. And you wanted to come back? Yeah, I came back. And brought my ex with his <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, the joys. I've always Scotland. lived in Scotland. Scotland. Always. Scotland. For 37 years. Well, oh yeah, I moved to Dumfries, which is like a different part of Scotland, but, but mostly in Scotland. Edinburgh. I've always Could lived you in Edinburgh. Yourself living in any other country? How do you feel about the whole Scottish? Like we are brought up. I like that Scottish to be. What's the word like Braveheart? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, <sighs> I know what you mean. I'm thinking like patriarchal. Patriotic. But is it? That's the word I mean. We're brought up to be pa- Scottish and patriotic. Freedom. Freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do. I feel find that a bit. Well, Scotland, but. I like Scotland. It feels magical. Not exclusive to the UK and the British. Yeah. It is. I definitely feel like really grounded here and but I've never been able like I've never travelled anywhere and thought, right, I wanna live here in my life yet. Like from Poland to Canaries to Australia to England. Yeah, I've always wanted to come back home to Scotland. Even the air when you step off that plane or that train or it's just like <sighs> nice. Yeah. It's what nice I always feeling. feel like I've come home when I'm back in Scotland. Yeah. I mean, I've made the throwaway remarks, like, oh, I want to move to America, or I'd love to live near London because I love West End shows, and they're all, right. some of them don't tour, and they're all there, so it'd be easier access, obviously, right. to go do something like that. But I, I wouldn't... You don't, I don't think... think... I would settle. Right. I don't I think, think I, I could settle. settle in London. It's too fast. No, I, I wouldn't live in London. I mean, somewhere out. Outside London, like yeah, kind of Essex or Sussex or Brighton, kind of yeah, outside definitely not yeah, central London. 
just checking that the music's that we can that edit this out. Yeah. No, I'm just checking to see if it's still recording. Um, yeah, it is. Cool. Since it's our first time, we don't have a clue what we're actually doing, but we pressed the button and it's ticking away, so yeah, <laughs> it's worry. doing the job. We're, we're learning. We're going to learn as we yes. go through the process. Talk about learning. What are you learning in life right now, Kellyanne? Anything? I know that's a silly question because I personally think we're always learning. We're learning lots of things, but... There's a but there. <laughs> but what? I don't know. I'm just like... I mean, I don't know what... Maybe I'm trying to control what I talk about in this. Maybe control is what I'm learning this year. Right. About what aspects of my life I want to be controlled or not want to be controlled anymore. Learning about being like, in control well, of yourself. Uh, yeah, but letting go of just um, living and breathing in the moment rather than having every aspect of my life controlled or dictated by clocks and time and and people people other people yeah not your kids so. well obviously you don't want your kids, kids to control, control you but you mean just like outside yeah perspective outside other factors, like yeah. schools and friends family yeah. things like that well for anybody that doesn't know me I definitely don't let anybody control me yeah you I've don't always you don't like it I wouldn't say that I was like rebellious in that sense either though, you know, like I'm not militant, I don't think in my Yeah, I do. Is that, that that feels like a natural thing for me to do. To learn. I feel like I have to question even myself sometimes. Yeah. Like we're most I think most of us in society are brought to a point from going to playgroups, schools, even with parents, teachers, like if you get into trouble for your mum when you were wee and it's like, just do it because I said so. Yeah. It's like very, we're taught from a young age just to accept what we're told. Yeah. And kids say, and but why, but so, why, yeah. but why? And the reason that I think we say why is because we want to have an answer that makes sense. But in today's yeah. world and in today's parenting and paradigm, as some people would say, it's like we're still got that just do as you're told kind of attitude Aye, even though we're in 2019 we're still got that sort of yeah it's like just do it and and I think that's what like stops kids being enabled it actually disables them and stops them being as intelligent or as confident or as empowered yeah, and just, sure of themselves yeah. is because they just get told answers rather than I mean, I understand some parents maybe don't know the answers, but rather than just sort of dumbing your child down, you've got the internet, you've got your friends, you've got family. But you're like, already inbred into that dumbed down. I mean, we can say those words. Yeah. But people will take offence to those words. Do you know what I mean? Some people right. listening to a conversation so, of us saying that might take offence. We say, if we are saying your kids are asking you a question but you don't know the answer to it or you're annoyed and your kids are kind of asking you to do stuff or want you to listen to them and you're getting ready because you've got an appointment at 10 o'clock so you're just getting agitated from personal experience so you'll be like, oh, stop it, just listen to me and do, it just is okay. Right, yeah. If you're saying to somebody, like, by telling their kids... It just is. Accept yeah. it. That well, that's us being to a well, degree brainwashed to be dumbed down because we're not going to question it until we get the right answer or an answer that explains it because yeah. that doesn't explain it. I think we just don't know how to communicate very well. We don't know exactly. how to say, darling, I'll speak to you in a wee minute once we get this shit done, basically, you know, once yeah, we get we stuff done. Mum's very busy at the moment and we need to do stuff. Yeah. But remind me of that question. To that question. Yeah. I'll try and remember, but when you ask me again, we'll go onto a computer or we'll find a book and it'll give us the answers yeah. to that question. Or we can sit and explore but it. Most or... of the time, we 
poo-poo or shake off her kids. I mean, you maybe didn't do it, but I certainly did when my kids were younger. Probably I think it did at some point. I can't be asked listening to your questions because I want to... I don't know. Watch EastEnders. Watch EastEnders or... Casualty. Learn to crochet <laughs> this blanket or whatever. I'm putting, I put other things... In front of... More important than what I would have passed off as silly questions from the kids but I think that's accepted in society I think that's the way most families work I'm not saying every and there will be loads of parents out there that do listen to their kids and answer the questions the way that enables them to learn and think outside the box yeah, because to me it seems really wrong to think anything our kids say is silly, really. Yeah. You know, from them talking about poo to them talking about the planets or, like, but to me it's... But were you treated that way as a child? No. Do you think that because you thought about it as a child, the way you were being kind of dismissed? I think as a child, like, reflecting back when I become a, a mum... I was able to sort of reflect in an instant sort of moment of like, I, I observed my children quite intensely, I suppose, to a certain extent, a bit like you watch flowers grow, do you know what I mean? Like that's how I, as a parent, that's yeah. what I did. So I could see that everything I did, the reaction it would have to them. So rather than pacifying it, I found ways to naturally help it. Yeah, naturally guide them. Yeah, and like in talking, communicating, find ways to help them learn and to understand my emotions or what I was going through and openly talk about it in a way that it was a, they would understand for their age or their abilities or yeah. so the kids are coming to you and saying like genuine questions that most kids come out with from age three to six is like why do people die or how do people die how does the baby get in your tummy mummy all these questions and then adults usually start to panic because I'm not talking to a three year old about death I'm not talking yeah. to a five year old about how the baby got in my tummy so we'll just say like I was told at five up until I was five or older that babies grew in cabbage patches right that's pretty cool but yeah I see what, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, totally but I've told my kids from they first asked the question that daddy puts the seed in mummy's tummy and the baby grows right and then it's evolved. And they've accepted that. They haven't, I, mean, I haven't had to go into about penis and vagina right. until they've been like maybe eight, nine, ten. Right. Until like maybe a peer or a, their older sister has mentioned things about sex that. Yeah. Because they've not been curious about it until someone's mentioned it. Yeah. I think a lot of people in society may be panicking, they're like, what is age appropriate? So we go to the... I don't think there's anything yeah, wrong. Yeah, they don't think about what's appropriate for the child. They think yeah. about what's appro- what does society what say makes, is appropriate. What makes them feel talking to their kids? Yeah, they feel... Yeah, exactly. The death thing's a good one, actually. I'd quite like to talk about that. When my kids were four and five, um, I remember... I think the first experience of death was probably like my mum's dog dying and Ashie got really upset, Bryden not so much. There was different ways that they dealt with it. Um, <coughs> I, went, I went to the library and I bought a book and like it was all about death like in a kid's kind of way and we talked about it and we talked about what they thought happened when you die and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then I remember months and months later uh, it was Doors Open Day in Edinburgh and I took the kids to the crematorium. I was like, do you want to go to the crematorium? Like, where people, like, go, like, when they die. And I sort of explained it and spoke about it and stuff. And then they were like, yeah, that's cool, let's go. And then, of course, I was like, oh, I should really phone them up, just make sure that kids can go. So I phoned them up and I was like, can kids come along to this tour kind of thing? And they were like, yeah. So I took them along and they were the only ones out of everyone there that asked questions. Like, as we went round this tour of the crematorium, they were, like, asking so yeah. many interesting questions that probably all adults wanted to. And a lot of them said that. They were because like... We're taught, we're taught through schooling not to butt in and question a lot of things or we're scared that we're going to ask something that's going to make us well, look stupid. Exactly, that's what they... But your kids were unschooled, so they haven't been conditioned. Yeah. 
to feel stupid for asking questions because yeah. you've always empowered their questions are valid. Yeah, and that, that's what a lot of the adults said, is that these questions are amazing and I, I wanted to know that but didn't really have the courage to like talk about it. And, yeah. But the kids asked everything. You know, all the questions that you could possibly imagine, they asked them and we had a great day. You know, and they didn't feel okay, fearful or never, scared or... I can see why... I could feel thinking... You took your kids to a bloody creme. What yeah. is up with you? I can see someone thinking that about you. Yeah. And I could feel like, you took your kids. How yeah. old were they? To a creme? Like, uh, like four and five, I think. Four and five? Yeah. That, I mean, a lot of people could listen to that and be like, that is freaking crazy. Yeah. Why would you take... Why take them to... They don't need to know that. But then... But... I like it. Because yeah. they do. Why not? It made they're sense to them. Questions. Yeah. They've they've noticed their granny's dogs died and they're asking about it. Yeah. So people like I didn't sort of seek it out. It came yeah. to me. You know, it was like a natural. It's it not felt like, like a natural thing to do. Death. I'm going to take them to the creme today. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It. it was more natural like than that. It, it was progressive and felt normal and natural yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. So the kids have learned that yeah. then. And, and the same with sex. The way that my kids have learned about sex and life and how babies are made exactly what you said it's like they'd ask questions and I would answer to a stage that they were comfortable and yeah. they didn't want any more answers and, and then as they got older when they, they, they yeah. come away and start doing something else yeah. like by the time Ashley was about 10 she was reading all the Fifty Shades of Grey books and stuff so and she read like online fan fiction and see that's, she's got a, the, that's a grey area though isn't it like ah, I like that a grey area yeah. was that, was yeah, that an intentional pun from um that could incite a lot of anxiety and rage in conventional parenting because why would you encourage your child to read or watch was it reading the books? She read the books the to start with. So why Are you asking me would, why? Yeah, a lot of people wouldn't understand that. Yeah. Why do you think it's okay to watch those sort of movies with your ten year old daughter? I think it's fine because, well, first of all, say she, I think she was about 10, she started reading the book. She was like, I want to read these books because, of course, she's she's 10, she's in the media, like, she hears things that are going on. She knows everything that's going on because she's wise and clever and she can read the internet and knows everything that's going on round about her. So she heard about these books. So curiosity is like, oh, what are these books, you know? Like, she's got a very mature mind anyway, so it's like, I want to read these books. So why wouldn't I let her read the books? Because then she would probably try and find a way of reading it online or something behind my back. So I would At much... Ten, would she though? Yeah, she'd have the ability to. She's clever enough to be able to do that, of course. So should she have that freedom on the internet in order to do that? Or should you be having her phone and her tablet or whatever controlled so that she can't get access? No, absolutely not. Because then that would ruin my relationship with my daughter and she wouldn't be the one to come to me to ask the questions and to be in partnership with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, we are a partner in our family with... Like, I'm a partner with my kids, too, though. I'm personally not saying it. Yeah, no, no, I know. <laughs> but I'm no, but you're asking the questions like, that other people might other people ask. people are yeah. going to think about That's... that, like... So... So I watched the movie Ashi, after... Ashley watched this with you, and they're talking about kink, and they're talking about whipping asses and whatever I don't I know it's not yeah. the right words I've read the Fifty Shades and watched right. the first movie I've read okay. all the books though yeah she's watched all the movies um, no. I've read all the books but only watched the first movie so I don't know how in depth the movies go to show sexual explicit scenes yeah. or whatever but I know in the book it's very vivid yeah vividly explained and I can imagine exactly what's happening in the red room yeah <laughs> Okay. So how do you explain? Did she ask you about it? Like, do people have red rooms generally? Is in this the in, in the books, she didn't. She didn't actually ask me anything about the books. Really, she didn't like, like Ashley. Even at that age, reading fan fiction and reading do you online. Think and she really took in all that. Absolutely, aspect? she. I think she even watched. Um, Orange is the New Black as well. Right. I think she'd like watched certain episodes of that beforehand and we'd watch that together and we'd have conversations about things that were going on. And But she was just so wise. She knew by the age of 10. I mean, even sitting in front of a laptop when she was younger than that, 
from kids' computer games. You're exploring things like paedophilia and sex and pop-ups and porn. And like, if, if you're not sitting with your kids, being interactive with them on computers, then they're going to learn all that in an unhealthy way. Whereas I was there with them from a young age. So in modern day world, there isn't any hiding from it unless you're controlling and sort of, like I want my kids to be aware of everything that's going on in the world, like with the internet and stuff. Yeah. So I didn't have anything to hide. I wanted to explain everything to them. So when things would appear and pop up or we'd have conversations about it, we would just say exactly how it is. Because why not? Well, like, why have to redo it all again? Yeah, I can relate that slightly to um, my kids being gifted a laptop from my uncle recently. Yeah. And they've just been using it to watch YouTube or play Roblox. And I do watch what my kids are doing. I don't monitor it. No, I don't stop them from... I don't from... try and what, what, censor. I, I try not to censor stuff so that they can learn. But there is things that I would explain to them listen, I'd rather you didn't watch that or it's, I don't feel that it's appropriate. Yeah, and, and I think... explain to them what it they're is. They're going to know that it's not appropriate too, aren't they? Because like, it's not going to make them feel <coughs> good or they're going to under, they're going to yeah. be, like, confused and yeah, ask questions and... Yeah. yeah. And overhear yeah. things. Of like course. My, my boys are shouting, they think they've broke the computer because a girl has popped up on the screen. Right. And she's dancing around the screen. And at first I couldn't understand what they mean. So when I get, when I go it's to okay, the, Daisy. Daisy. When yeah. I go to the laptop and see it, in fact, I see that it's like being a porn site. That's yeah. Used. Daisy, be quiet, please. <laughs> <laughs> and this porn site has obviously been active, and what, my uncle's a grown man. Obviously, he can do whatever he wants. But when the the laptop was gifted to me, I did go through and try and do like a reset and thought I had. Yeah. Deleted most of it, but some of these things have pop-ups and that's what it was. They'd obviously hit something that made this girl pop up. And now it's deleted, I think. (laughs) But But how scary is it if you take children who have been sheltered their whole life from the yeah. internet and from the reality and the harshness that's out there. And then it's like, right, right get on with it, darling. Mummy and daddy have sheltered it your whole life. Now you have to get up and go on, get, yeah. get on with it and let the world teach you that. that exactly. That, that's not, in my opinion, cool. I don't, it's I dangerous. Don't see it's scary. The term, that stroke of midnight on your 16th birthday or stroke of midnight on your 18th birthday, you're suddenly given a voice yeah. you're suddenly allowed to be well, it's, eight, it's 18 these days isn't it it's 18 before well, you get a voice these days like at, six, I mean, you're, at 16 you're legally allowed to have sex yeah so that's but, yeah, up, 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 it, but up until then you're not again. having a boyfriend what do you mean you want to have a boyfriend you can't do this yeah. you can't do that yeah. but yeah suddenly you're 16 you know it's like kids are just but kids are Kids are like going out into the street. They're having sex. If I'm having unprotected oh, yeah. sex, they're taking drugs. It's they're drinking alcohol. It's like eleven, twelve-year-olds yeah. out have, having sex, thinking it's cool to give blowjobs and all the rest of it in the street. Yeah. You got young boys and girls that are gifting each other things, and parents are in some ways encouraging it because parents are doing it as well. Here's a whole other subject. People are going to be people are going to people are going to be up in arms about me having this conversation. But nowadays, there's this whole gifting thing on the internet, isn't there? It's like, oh, I'll do this for you, you do that for me, and they're gifting each other things like freebies of just things like gifts. So the younger generation, all it takes is for like a young man, for example, to offer a girl, oh, what you want a Calvin Klein bra? Okay, I'll buy it for you if you send me a wee picture oh, when like, you're wearing it. And, wish lists and stuff just in general yeah the way that like the online sort of culture is being bred into kids nowadays it's like modern day prostitution and kids are just accepting it as normal but it's fine because we're not having sex. I haven't seen that but, side of but things. I, can... I don't know there's people out there just like with your friends and saying, oh, you want this, I'll buy it. Well, it's kind of the culture is that, that we're... Like grooming? I don't, I don't understand. It is kind of like grooming, but, that, but at the same time, that's what we're doing on the internet these days, even from parents to everyday normal people. It's like companies will give you stuff as well. It's like nobody sort of... It's just, it's like a... Like as an incentive to do something. Like parents, or if you get triple A's in your exams, I'll give you a hundred quid. 
Yeah, it's just as yeah. Well, that sort of as an incentive. No, but not just parents gifting to their kids. I'm just talking about in general parents. There's some parents sitting behind computers that they're sitting in front of Instagram and they're allowing men to buy them things if they put pretty pictures on the internet. Right. Do you know what I mean? But they're not. But the the culture culture of of yeah. That that is that is an actual job. People have jobs. Uh, yeah. Where they put sexy pictures and there's women do housework and lingerie, and it's streaming on. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So you mean but it, but it's huge though, and yeah. it, like it goes right back to the, the the kids and the way that they're creating apps and everything like that. So if you're not being wise and so, educated so as a parent. Dating apps and Tinder and Bumble. Aye, for the, but but it's friendship for the kids though nowadays. But it's designed exactly like dating sites. Yeah, so Do the kids I mean? are looking for kids. So if if brown eyes. Aye, like a certain oh, age bracket. Oh yes, my friends can only play poker, or my friends can only be into yoga, or and you know what I mean. It's like <laughs> it's just crazy yeah. though, isn't it? Like yeah. if we are not being one educated about it ourselves as parents if we're choosing to be fearful of it and to shelter our kids from it what yeah. chance have our kids got going out into a world like that Definitely. whereas if they're educated open-minded understanding knowing what yeah, feels good and what doesn't feel good then experience on tinder or plenty of fish and stuff but i don't go into too much detail because i don't think she necessarily has to know too much but she does know that I've come off like dating but she needs to know apps and stuff because most of it is people just want to send sexy pics well nudes sexting yeah. nudes like it's normal of, to ask for yeah. nudes these days as a way of communicating one one parent I don't, I don't know which I have used Tinder Plenty of Fish and Bumble but I think it was Plenty of Fish maybe that someone was chatting to me and I think in the third sentence it was, can we do anal? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, let's be that respectful in the first three lines of a conversation. I know. It's really quite scary. And I think that, for me, that's what, like, this conversation came from the dumbing us down sort of thing that I said, is the fact that I do think as a gen, like, that we are disabling kids and dumbing them down. And people are saying, but they have to be kids. But they can still be kids just because your kids are educated doesn't mean to say they don't know how to have fun or that they don't know how to climb trees or they don't know how to jump in rivers. My kids still do all of that. I take my kids down to the beach and they strip off and they jump in the water and they have a good time. They know how to have a good time. So just because your kids are educated like mentally and stimulated mentally doesn't mean to say that they're not being a kid. Yeah, but, but there's that so sort many of adults feel like that, what you're talking about is it education or exposure too soon. But like we're saying as well, why not expose them to it at a young age? But you're so not really exposing them to it. The world like, is exposing them to the it. What you're doing is choosing yeah. to ignore that it's there and trying to pretend and put your kid into a bubble. You're not personally. Yeah. But like these people who have that attitude. They choose to ignore and allow their kids to be in ignorance and then they're going to yeah. pat them on the back at 16, 18. Right, I mean, go into the big bad world now. Yeah. And That's it's dangerous. Yeah. yeah. It really is. They don't know that people are actually not everyone's going to be kind and nice to them. Some people will be kind and nice to you, and don't kids are think yeah. you're their best friend, but you're just going to stab them in the back. And I mean, they do find that out, I suppose, at school and talking to friends on Instagram, yeah, or wherever, whatever. Platform but the basis of learning should come from the home. You know, you shouldn't have to wait until you go out into the world and someone's exposing parts of you that makes you feel uncomfortable because your parents were too uncomfortable to support you through that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Your parents should be able to face discomforts as a way of being able to support and help your children. I think a lot of parents assume that oh I was uncomfortable as a teenager or I rebelled as a teenager or I did this as a teenager so that means that my kids have to go through it too Yeah, that's not true but that's how we're conditioned we're conditioned yeah, that so. my kid needs to rebel my, kid, my kids don't rebel my kids don't have, have anything to rebel against 
Like, what can they rebel against? They have complete and utter freedom of mind, body, and soul. So the only person they can rebel against is themselves. Yeah. You know, like... But, but societal norms, teenagers, kids, rebel. Yeah, well, well wouldn't you? Have you seen the way, they, the way yeah, kids are treated in society? To, like, this is right, this is right, this is right, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Instead of saying, well, some people in society choose to live in this way and other people in society choose to live in that way and yeah, we, that's not wrong and neither's that yeah we do it's have options choice. and as choice you're not but there's no doubt about it that if you're going to try to choose to fit into unnatural situations and like extreme box like situations like society is creating today you're going to suffer from mental health problems you're going to suffer your children are going to suffer if you try to control and try to make something unnatural do you know what I mean it's like the pressures that kids have not even just from like studying at school but then the pressures of being at home along with that along with like mummy and daddy working and like like just just the structure of today's world is unhealthy and I'm not saying everybody needs to go and give up give up their job and take their kids out of school because that's not what I'm saying at all but what I'm saying is that children need to be listened to children need their voices heard they need to know that what they're feeling is natural in the environment that they're going through but it doesn't mean to say it's okay yeah it doesn't mean to say that they have to suffer anxiety or that they should necessarily follow the protocol of being labeled with anxiety and then being told that they've got mental health problems and then being drugged up to their eyeballs by the time they're 20 years old that's not fucking cool excuse my language (laughs) but that's i don't mind the swearing in this podcast we can just say they're swearing in this podcast they're swearing in this podcast do you know what I mean it really isn't cool I do understand that if people want to use these methods for modern day issues with mental health yeah I think the, the modern day school system isn't exactly well they are I do agree that the education board are trying to I think it's issues. systems in general, Kellyanne, yeah. not just the school system, let's be real. It's like the yeah, system. systems in general, but I'm just meaning about the school. I think yeah. the school system is trying to roll a bit with the times and acknowledge that it's not working. Yeah. But I don't think that any of these government bodies or systems are going to be able to fully take control and help the situation I think we as individuals as parents have to lift the baton somewhere because We're I know many people you obviously know many people you know more homemade and unschooled people than I do presently but the people I know that just want to send their kids to school are in the belief that that's what you have to do yeah so but we are definitely heading towards. I think that's gonna pick up. I really like. <laughs> We're definitely heading towards a a bit of a revolution in that sense. I think that. Oh, over a little bit. Um. In the sense that people are rethinking education, rethinking lifestyles. I mean, how many people are sitting behind laptops at home, working from home, and choosing to fit around their children and st- yeah. loads more? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? People are thinking, as much as the governments and stuff are trying to monitor and control stuff. Working from home. People people are rebelling against that. That's what Mother, I've spoken to you about Mother Pucker, I know you don't follow her, I don't think, but she is, her campaign is for flexible working. I've seen that actually, yeah, I've seen her account. Work from home and still be there at home for the kids because it costs you a fortune to put. Why should you, why should we be having babies and putting them in a nursery from 8am to 6 or 8pm at night, not seeing them any day, just so that you can go to a job that's going to pay for that childcare. And then generally, not only that, not only are you doing that, so in your very small amount of free time that you do have, you're trying to fit homework, family time, 
oh you Hygiene. want all the, you want your kids to go to all these different kind of groups and clubs yep. and stuff like that because you feel like you want them to fit in and yep. they want to feel like they fit in you because as, you yeah you've got no time and yeah. and then from my experience people are turning to often things like alcohol or excessive kind of stress or different things to deal with the stress of that lifestyle yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, oh, just have a glass of wine and, or a glass of gin and that'll make me feel better. I, and it's it does... unmanageable because yeah. we have to turn to these things because... It's not natural. We're too busy working, we're too busy ferrying the kids around. We can't deal, we can't wind down at the end of the night. Yeah. Then some people are then addicted to box sets. And I'm not saying watching TV and box sets is bad, but if you've got a, he- a, a heavy lifestyle and busy lifestyle and then you're wanting to watch a box set at night to unwind with your partner and stuff like that, you're going to prioritise hurrying up to have time to stay awake to watch an episode or two with your partner so you're rushing through bath time and stuff, your kids are asking yeah. questions. Well, I guess, so the, yeah, the little sorry. time you do have with your kids, you're rushing it and then they're all made to feel... I'm not saying every no, family but there's definitely that, way, but that sort of... are definitely feeling that mum and dad are busy. Yeah too busy to give them time or yeah. and we think that we can maybe make it up with one materialistic things or the odd so family holiday or so, yeah we'll take them to Chesington you know? World of Adventure for the day yeah. or <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's quite often why you hear that when people go on family holidays everybody falls out because nobody knows how to communicate with each other because they never see each other they'll never <laughs> see each other when they go on holiday so when they're on holiday all that anxieties that they've left behind comes out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Suddenly everybody's like, take all of this. This is how I'm <laughs> feeling, mum. You know, this is how I'm feeling as well. And everybody wants to express themselves because they've not got yeah. the pressure of thinking about work in that moment. And then everyone's like, oh, that was a disaster and of a holiday. Families have to work. People have to work to sustain their life. Yeah. But that, that's the but it's how do you want well to work? Because we need, we feel a lack. We need to own a home. We need to have a car. We need to be able to buy the kids Xboxes or take them to Chesington World of Adventures. We What's need that? to have that. That sounds Chesington's World of Adventures. That's the, one, that's the thing <laughs> part that came into my head and it's in London somewhere and I remember Gary went to it once. Right. And cool. that's just the one that came in my head. <laughs> Alright, cool. I've never heard of that one. Chesington World of Adventure. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It just came into my head as we oh, were yeah. conversing. Um, so Kellyanne, why did you take your kids out of school? Personally, I took my three kids out of school because it was the 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 system was not working for us. Um, my daughter is going through the process of being diagnosed with autism, and through her her whole primary experience, um, she suffered a lot of anxiety, isolation. Um, didn't fit in at all and then she went to academy and that amplified whether it be hormones and stuff um, but I know a lot of people who have autistic kids believe that it can amplify and hormone changes anyway right. um, my daughter started academy and I physically had to walk her to school she, was, she didn't take the transition very well I mean, she wasn't the only kid. There, are, there is systems set up to help with those transitions. Yeah. Um, so she eventually settled in the academy and then I moved house to another town and she couldn't stay at that school. So then we moved... Yeah, so she was to go to a new high school and it seemed in the first week or so that it was going to go not too bad and then it totally flared up and Leah refused to go to school for about a month. No. More, about three months a wee last a wee, this time last year she was just going back to school kind of after having three months off but every single day it was a fight and an argument and I was having to talk to the school every day I even asked the school to send work home and not once did they in that three months send us physical work home right 
Um, and at the time, were you caught in a bit of a battle rather than thinking yeah, about just let her be? Yeah, I, I need her to go to school because it's going to go to a panel, social services are going to get involved, I'm going to have to go to court, there's possible fines come to me, or I could go to jail because Leah needs to go to school. So lots of fear. Yeah, like. there was lots of fear, and I knew she had to go to school. And there was mornings when I would physically wash clothes and drag my daughter to school like physically like I wouldn't hit her no like slap her or anything like that but there was times I would hold her by the hair and tell her to walk right so she would come with me so that I didn't pull her hair I felt I had to do that to make her go to school right I abused my kid to make her go to school I feel that's what I did yeah um, and I, I, I told the, te- the guidance teacher and stuff that we were working with that that's the sort of things I had to do in order to get her there and I was told well you've done the best thing because she's here <laughs> crazy right um, but I just looking back at it and now that I'm educated enough to know that school is not the only option to be educated so for everyone listening obviously my kids don't go to school and everyone kind of thinking oh Kellyanne doesn't put her kids to school now because she's met Marianne and it sort of transitioned at that time what's the clarity on that do you homeschool because I homeschool right my next kid John is eight and he has been to camps as well and my family and myself believe that John is on the spectrum or has ADHD. Now, I am viewing these conditions differently than what I used to because my mindset has changed over the past year. But you made me aware when we first, we first started talking in, like, New Year's Day or something. Yeah. And through our conversations and me talking about the worries, I think I'd said I was worried about going back, getting the kids to go back to school because John was going through the same issues that Leah had. Doesn't fit in at school, <coughs> being bullied, feeling isolated. That's right, because they were on holiday at Christmas. Yeah, or... they were on holiday because it was New Year. And um, I think I mentioned um, I was getting worried it was coming back to time to go for the kids to go back to school. And I was worried because I know how I physically have to force my kids to go to school and that it would start to be an issue. Yeah, and I then started you. explaining a bit about this time last year with Leah refusing to go for three months. And the only thing you really said was, you know you don't legally have to have your kids at school. Like, it's not you're not legally obliged. But obviously that's like a bit of a... A, a, a veil because I did sign my kids up to school yeah. when I got the letter through at three thought so yes when you legally sign your kids up to that you're legally obliged like to send a contract, them to school yeah. yeah I've made a contract so they are legally obliged to be at school but at any given time after that you are allowed it's a legality you can deregister your kids from school yeah. you're allowed to I wasn't aware that I could do that Right. Easily, I thought if I did that, I had a friend years ago that had looked into homeschooling through the Christian kind of side of things. Right. And from what she had told me, you would have to pay a fee to buy the curriculum every year or something. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. If you wanted to follow and it was very the national curriculum. Yeah, yeah. It made it difficult. You would have to follow the curriculum and. It would maybe cost like £300 per term per kid for right, so set you... stuff. And I was like putting blocks into... Oh, I couldn't do that. But as soon as I knew you don't have to follow a curriculum and you don't have to send your kids to school, that I could deregister them. And as long as I... Well, you worked it better than me. Like, I can educate my kids can... to their... Aptitude and ability, yeah. ability and stuff. Yeah. Then 
and facilitate their learning yeah, and their can facilitate their learning and every way. They don't have to be stuck at a desk in a school being dictated to by a teacher. And yes, and they also it is don't need to learn easier. the national curriculum. You know, they yeah. don't have to just be in the yeah. confines of what a system that yeah. has been around since the Victorian age. I mean, they're still teaching them about tribes in the Amazon jungle yeah. that they did when 20 years ago when I was at school. So let's be real here. When people say that they're coming into the 21st century with kids, yeah, they are in the holistic approach by changing things, but they've still got the same agendas. They've still got the same Victorian-like system, no matter how you try and jazz it up. Yeah. You know, the agenda is still the same and they've still got certain elements of it that hasn't changed. And in all these years, that's quite ridiculous because we live in a digital world that's massively changing. And this is why kids can't sit at desks and why kids are buzzing off this sort of high energy and they don't want to conform and they don't want to sit at desks because we are living... Like, the kids that are coming in along nowadays are different. Each each generation that comes along, if we don't evolve with them then we're going to have to medicate them, you're going to have to label them, you're going to have to confi- tell them to sit down and hold them and yeah, force them. I don't think, I'm not, I don't, I definitely think ADHD and autism and everything, they all exist. But I do think a lot of it is because we're trying to put everyone in a box. Yeah, I'm not going to doubt medical yeah. conditions, but what I will doubt is the way that we are using labeling systems to label children willy-nilly and very easily the the diag- the way that they diagnose these things a lot of them is just ridiculous i think for some people it's diagnosed willy-nilly but i think other people have to fight yeah but maybe it's the people that generally have issues that have to fight but for some reason you know schoolings get money schools get money for every child that is labeled they get extra funding extra teachers so it's in the best interest of but a my school business perspective. Because I feel like my daughter was told she wasn't to go to CAMS and wasn't to be diagnosed. That they but that's because they're overrun. Quota. That's because they're they overrun, yeah. So because some real ones get put out because yeah, of some course. people can't handle their kid generally. Yeah. But it's huge, Kellyanne. Like every second period there's, there's you meet no nowadays will tell you that they're looking to get any CAMS and counselling services for their kids. Every two or three parents that I meet when I'm out and about chatting have got issues with self harm, they've got issues with like yeah. kids like eating disorders, you know, it's I mean self harm. I took my seven year old daughter to the GP and said that she started saying that she wants to die, she feels suicidal and she wants to kill herself. And the GP told me it's normal, it's a phase, she'll grow out of it. Seven-year-old daughter. Right. That's what this society is saying. Your seven-year-old is having severe meltdowns, telling you they want to die because you're making them go to school. But it's just a phase. But a GP is telling you it's a phase and they'll grow out of it. You know, when I didn't want to go to school, when I was younger, I said I felt sick. Yeah. And my mum knew that it wasn't serious. Do you know what I mean? I was just couldn't couldn't really be arsed. I didn't want to go out in a cold morning in the winter at school. Yeah. You know? But to dismiss kids when they're like talking about suicidal thoughts and stuff like that, even if it is something that they're learning off the internet, it has to be addressed. Definitely. That has to be addressed. You have to look your kids in the eye and see where that's co- that pain's coming from. Do you know what I mean? Or where those words are coming from. Or you can't just ignore it. Yeah. You know. But we are living in a world where mental health issues is huge, and it's not really necessarily, in my opinion, about diagnosing and looking at the different issues and trying to sort of necessarily accept them. It's like let's look at the root of the problems. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Let's look at the root of what's causing these mental health problems. Is it the way we're living our lives? You know, if you look back in time, yeah, well, there is people that have had mental health issues, but it's definitely got worse. Well, you know, and the, the kids have got a lot more mental health I mean, issues. How many kids 30 years ago were diagnosed with autism as opposed to today? And we're not going into statistics, we're not here pretending to be educated experts in all these exactly, We're yeah. just two moors. Having an opinion. In one Moore's living room. Just chatting about what, what we've experienced and feel feel and 
I can see around about us in life what we can see and yeah. it's not to say you have to agree with everything we talk about and what we say we're just yeah. talking about our opinions and to be quite honest it scares me actually to think yeah. the ignorance for the teenagers because nowadays this is why I'm on people Instagram people jump on it and just take offence though for us to have this discussion it's scary and people don't want to think about it they just want the kid diagnosed and medicated instead of looking at the root cause like me I'm obese yeah and why are you I'm obese? obese because I eat too much but is that the root cause of my obesity do, would you say so because I wouldn't I would say no. that the root cause why of my obesity you? is because I eat my feelings because I was abused as a child my, my needs were not met as a child my I wasn't taught how to love myself I was treated in a way where I didn't feel respected or worthy of life never yeah. mind and I think to a certain extent we all are and if yeah. we don't accept that and move forward with the view of healing from the abuse that we have or from the the lack of connection or love or then how do we evolve as a human being if we can't move forward knowing that but then we're just going to keep repeating those patterns with our kids exactly you know? and two well maybe three of my kids would be classed as obese and two of them would be severely obese yeah. like me but you were a single like an only child yeah I was an only child yeah I was overweight as a kid but I wasn't as overweight as my kids are as kids obviously now I'm really overweight but they're on a par with me being overweight for their age groups so you think that you've passed on I've definitely passed on bad overeating habits and I'm probably not not probably I'm going to take that one but I've not made my kids feel as secure as what I could have or loved as they should have been right at a young age because we were going through so much other shit do you know what I mean because other things did come up I was in a marriage that wasn't brilliant and they witnessed a lot of that they saw my little cousin coming and going with his issues we took in my mother-in-law came to live with us for six months and she passed away Um, my kids have been through an awful lot in their short lives so you think it's your responsibility to make that better not not at the time even I should have been not anyone else no why should it be anyone else it shouldn't be like oh the schools or the doctors or the maybe in the past I have felt that way the doctors got help us or my kids need counselling or whatever maybe I have been in that mindset in the past but not fully, I do know it, the buck stops with me. Yeah. Like, with the, one of the first times I told my mum I had been abused when I was 14, like, I wasn't abused when I was 14, but I told my mum when I was 14 that I'd been previously abused. Yeah. And the first thing she did is, we'll have to go to the police and I'll get you counselling and blah, 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 and we'll do this. Right. At no point did she say... Maybe she did to other friends or something. Like, I've let this happen. I think as a parent, I'm not saying she would be... To look for blame rather than how can we make this better. How can we make this better? But it is like a parent's responsibility to keep their kids safe and secure. Yeah. If you're giving birth to a baby... And that means not just physically, mentally as well. You need to fully be present mentally, physically in every aspect of life yeah it doesn't mean to say that we're going to not fuck up well, but, we're going to fuck up <laughs> but, but but they need to know that you fuck up yeah so kids I need tell to know that I fuck that. up I mean I've spoken to Leah I said like I forced them to get dressed and held her hair and said walk or I will pull it but obviously yeah. I'd my intention to was that that that's not want okay. to pull her hair and I probably wouldn't have pulled her hair but the f- instilling that fear was enough to make her move with me. Yeah. Because that's how but you I were brought up. I don't want my kids to fear me. I feared my mum. From a young age, my mum would smack me or whatever and I was hit with, with a little belt because my mum believed, why why hurt her hand to punish me? Why I, Where I believe, why punish a child at all? Yeah. They don't need punishment. I'm not saying I've not smacked my kids or hit them at any point in their lives because I have. But you're not justified. But I've spoken to them afterwards and apologised and told them that it's not okay. And that still doesn't make it okay by me saying that. No. They're allowed to have their feelings of what I've done in the past. Yeah. 
they're still allowed if they have to hold on to that against me then that's for them to do I can't say you're wrong in holding on to that does it make you feel sad when you think about that it makes me feel shit because I did that to my kids because that was done to me yeah but but you use that as a motivation yeah you've got to move forward I'm now teaching my kids that that's not okay and that I personally now I'm a, I can forgive my mum for what she's done to me in the past Yeah, I really can it doesn't mean that it doesn't come up in my mind Yeah, it doesn't mean that I don't still get pangs of oh my god that actually happened that was wrong but it means that I can move forward yeah but then I still have bad days where I question have I let that go because that's still quite prominent in my mind right now but I can control my mind yeah I think that's the big misconception about life isn't it we have so many thoughts and if you've been abused in your life or mistreated by anyone um, yeah, they say I can't. People say I can't help it. I can't I, help it. But I was abused. I can't help it. It's um, this happened, so I can't help it. It's who but, I am. But you can, or that's just my train of thought. I can't change who I am. Yeah, but we but, are. But you we can, can all change who we are. Yeah. Because in every moment we get be able to make a, a different choice, but we have to want to. Yeah. Or 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 just sail along unconsciously. You Some know, like, choices might be so fucking uncomfortable that you feel you can't make that choice. Yeah. But that's still a choice. Yeah. You're choosing that if I, you're choosing that um, if I walk five miles to see my cousin because I've not seen him in five years and he's going back to Australia next week and this is the only time I can see him. I've no money for a bus and nobody to ask for the money. But if I walk five miles there, you can I can see him and have dinner with him and then I could walk home. But you could also that say, but you could also say I can't do that because uh, I've got no bus fares yeah. and, I, and I'm not feeling great Most and people make will excuses. Say, oh, I've got fibromyalgia. I've got a certain knee. I've which you have all yeah, of the above. Whatever it but is. But you could still do it. So you would say, I can't come, I've no money. But but really, no, I'm choosing not to come because I've no money in a heart. Mm. That's a choice. I'm choosing not to do it. I could. Yeah. I could still walk that. I mean, if it was your <laughs> kid at the other end of that five miles, your kid, needed you. You own, your kid needed you. Yeah, you would, you would fucking crawl over hot coals to get that five miles to yeah, be with them. Exactly. Whether so your heart choice, or yeah. your knee was sore or your back. Whatever. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You, everything. Every single aspect or thing we do in our life is a choice. Whether you, you want to think of it as yeah. a choice or not. A choice and a reflection of what we're putting out there, what we're thinking, how we're living, the choices that we're making. All yeah. of that is a reflection. You know, and, and that, that even means in our working lives and our our school choices and our in our daily being it like we build up lives around us to a certain extent. We're sort of conditioned. And I think it's also important to mention that being unschooled doesn't mean that any career path in later life is closed off to you. Or that you're uneducated. Yeah, that's a big a big issue. Unschool schooling and education are two totally different things. Yeah. Schooling came around for a reason. It was to school people for factories. Yeah, so... I mean, it was mentioned to you recently, someone was saying, education's needed, it's needed because of this, but look at the tribes in Africa. They were uneducated, look at them now. And what do you say to that, Marianne? I think it's ridiculous that the white man goes over to other countries and convinces them that our way of life is the way forward. We go into their countries, take over their countries, give them our clothes and tell them to start touring white people around their country and like pay them pennies for it and like convince them that they should be living our life and they have but to really cover up their bodies and be ashamed of their bodies because we are. Aye, exactly. That we should that they should be us. They should be building better houses than yeah. my huts or but yeah, they, they were in. completely happy doing what they were doing. 
They weren't deprived because they don't have education or money. They didn't need money. They were happy and content. Yeah, until we interfered with taking possibly what was the way for them to live their cultural way, their being an authentic with who they are. Yeah. You know, we're not helping the situation. And we lived in tribes and villages when our clans we lived in Scotland. Our problems become a problem clans, when we started to settle, really. You know, like if we are, who am I? Doubt what people say, we are water, right? If we are as much water as people say we are, we should be moving and fluid. Flo- fluid. We should be fluid, exactly. So we sit, we become stagnant, we buy sofas, we buy giant TVs, we sit on our asses, we, yeah. we become sick, we become, as, a, as, as people would say, like uh, like disease, it's like dis-ease. dis-ease yeah. Our bodies are at dis-ease. We sit twiddling our thumbs, we start tapping our fucking toes, we bite our, our nails, we pick, our, we pick ourselves, on. we twirl our hair, yeah. we, we, we stare at screens. We when really, if we lived in a clan, 